Thank you for joining us today for this web clinic. If you haven't been on a web clinic before, I want to tell you a little bit about what a web clinic is like. And if you have, I want to tell you how today's web clinic is going to be different. So this is a little different than a traditional webinar. Uh, for one thing, we realize that you are paying us right now, and it's a very expensive payment, right? And this is something we're going to talk about. We talk about optimizing your home pages. There's a value exchange going on, right? You might not have given us any money or signing check, entered a credit card number, but right now you're paying us with an hour of your time. And for the average brand side marketer, that hour is very valuable. So it's imperative on us now to deliver more value to you than that hour, or at least equal to. So you're getting your, your money's worth, your time's worth. And this is how we plan on doing it today. As the uh, title suggests, we're going to be optimizing homepages, okay? And we recently had an uh, optimization summit 2012 in Denver where we had a quick win clinic with our audience where we got in deep with our audience, we looked at their landing pages, and they helped each other out, we helped them out, and, and they got really down and dirty into those pages, so they made changes that can really improve results when they got back home. And I want to do that with today's web clinic as well. So if you're watching right now, either pull up your home page on uh, an extra screen you have, or even better, print out your home page, because we're going to get as tactical as possible on this. We're going to want you to make notes on that home page, give you ideas to test. This will be great for the, for the marketer who's just starting testing and optimization. You don't have many testing ideas. It, perhaps even better for the marketer who's already run a lot of homepage tests and who just doesn't know what to test next. So one way we're going to do that is by talking to some experts here. We've got John Powell, Adam Lapp. I'm going to introduce them in just a second. We also want to hear what you've learned, right? Not all of the wisdom comes from this side of the microphone, this side of the phone. Uh, our audience is extremely... Uh, experience sometimes in testing and optimization or just in marketing itself. And they usually have a lot that uh, fellow audience members can learn from and that we can learn from too. So by using hashtag WebClinic on Twitter, you can talk to each other. You can share your experiences with us. We want to hear what you think. We're going to offer some optimization tips and testing ideas for these homepages. But you might have some ideas as well. You can also ask your questions. And when you ask your questions, we have an entire team here to help answer them. We have Beth Caudell on uh, GoToWebinar with Q&A, listening to all the questions, and she's going to be sending them here to us. We've got John Tackett listening. We've got Luke Thorpe over there uh, managing all the audio and video and making sure everything works well. And I also want to introduce you to the team that's here in the studio right now. I'm Daniel Burstein. I'm the Director of Editorial Content for MechLabs. So you probably know our marketingexperiments.com website. We also publish through marketingsherpa.com, b2bleadblog.com, other free marketing resources, resources to help you do your job better. I have with me Mr. Adam Lapp, who if you've been on a web clinic before, you're quite familiar with. He is essentially in charge of all of our optimization here at MechLabs. He's going to be optimizing your home pages in just a moment. And also, John Powell, a senior manager of research and strategy. And I'm going to call John up right now because we're going to talk about a case study that uh, John's team conducted. So, John, you want to tell us about this case study? Sure. Thanks, Dan. <clears throat> so, uh, what we want to talk about today is a home page. It was for a group, uh, actually a migraine treatment center. They're a site. They actually offer some innovative long-term stuff. Migraine uh, solutions, and, and particularly advanced migraine solutions uh, for the consumers out there that need that help. Our goal in particular was to increase leads for the site. So uh, not just a particular type, but all leads in general. Um, one of our primary research questions was to discover which value exchange strategy will actually result in this higher conversion rate. And we resorted to an A-B multi-factor split test. So let's take a look at the control. Um, I see a lot of these home pages. And to their credit, they're trying, right? They're trying to kind of apply our rules or things, rules that they've heard. Single call to action, um, 
you know, headline, image. It actually looks very much like a landing page. But the problem with this was all the people that they were excluding. If you take a closer look at the call to action on the top right, it says, have a question, ask us. Well, I don't know if you've ever been to like a seminar or something, but trying to think of a question to ask an expert, that's difficult. I, don't, I struggle with that personally. And imagine the kind of friction that somebody would feel if they want to engage, but the only way they know how to engage is, well, they've got to think. They've got to do something. And if you look at all of the other ways that the, that the page is using to attract them deeper in to make an action, it's all the things that the company is excited about, like their news and their research. And are you a candidate? Because we know where that takes you. Uh, it's not the typical things that somebody might be looking for when they're coming to a site like this. So we had a hypothesis. What if we actually put the things that consumers were interested in on these pages? So we made a treatment. You see maybe uh, a rule that we've broken about evenly weighted things. But for home pages, that's slightly different. We have three equally weighted sections. But the one thing that you're going to notice about each section is that it connects with the visitor much differently than the last call to action, even the last page does. It focuses on the kind of things that A, the Migraine Treatment Centers of America can offer, and B, things that they'd offer that the consumer would be interested in. So taking a questionnaire to find out, looking at the different various treatment options. I mean, I, some people have a couple migraines a month, some people a couple a week. So knowing what those options are will maybe reduce some anxiety. And then finally, there are some people that have already been through all this and are really needing that solution. So let's take a look side by side. Single call to action. And so before you get into right. the results, I, wanna, I see a question we have here from, uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Kanit Purohit. He says, typically we're advised to optimize each page for a single keyword. Does the same rule apply to the home page? And I think that really relates to what you're doing here because uh, in this case, well, we're talking about conversion rate optimization, not SEO per se. We right. had three different audiences that were coming right. to the page. It had three different motivations. Right. And so it wouldn't make sense to optimize it in terms of SEO, right. one of those motivations. And I think in terms of conversion rate optimization, that wouldn't make sense either. Right? right. I mean, think about all the different types of people you've got coming. How could you possibly isolate it to one unless you're really trying to scare other people off? So home pages are difficult in that aspect, especially with all the different kinds of traffic coming direct. You've got some coming from referrals. You even got some coming from organic. And then some of you guys are sending PPC traffic to your home page. Uh, so it's going to be difficult to do that. All right. So let's take a look at uh, some of the results from this, this case study. Well, uh, I wasn't too shocked, uh, but we actually, this is a very significant increase. That's a huge increase. Uh, 300%. And what we discovered was that by allowing, by creating a homepage that allowed uh, the, the good things about the migraine treatment centers, the way they connect with the customer, by creating a homepage to reflect that process, hear all the different things that we have that you're, we know you're interested in, we're able to help them find lead types that they were leaving on the table. And so now they can begin to nurture some of these people. Some of these people are actually closer to being ready. Some are a little farther along. But the point is, is that now they know who they are and they can begin building that relationship with them. All right. Well, thanks a lot, John. John, you can come back and help uh, optimize some of the home pages in just a minute. And thanks to you, Kanit, for that question on hashtag web clinic on Twitter. So let's look at some of the fundamental principles we're going to be talking about today when we're optimizing home pages and what we can learn from that. One, first of all, too often, marketers are confusing the objective of a homepage with the objective of a landing page, right? So in most cases, the objective of a homepage 
to, be, to get those various prospect types on the correct path up the inverted funnel. We're going to talk about that inverted funnel in just a moment. But this is where really landing pages differ from home pages. So as Kanita asked about that single keyword, there are some home pages where you just have one product, you just have one prospect type. That's, that's it. That's all you have to offer. And in that case, it may make sense that the home page and the landing page, really, they're no different. It's just a, a change of words. But for most products, even like the product we saw before, even though it, it was only one product, right, it wasn't, let's say, um, the home page of IBM.com, which uh, spoke at our B2B summit, and they had so many different ways to get into IBM with different divisions and products. This home page was just one product, but still they had different prospect types that were coming. And in that sense, your goal is to get them as quickly as possible to a page that ties deeply into their motivations because what you're trying to do is fight up that inverted funnel. Now, if you're not familiar with the inverted funnel, we've got an exclusive recording we're about to play from Dr. Flint McLaughlin, the Managing Director of MechLab. This was from our Optimization Summit two weeks ago, and he's going to talk about the inverted funnel. Then we're going to come back and talk about how that inverted funnel applies to your homepages. So, Luke, please play that clip. The goal of the marketer is to move the prospect up the funnel, not down it. Some of you have heard this before. Certainly you heard this yesterday, but bear with me because there's so many people here that need to see this, okay? This is how we are often portrayed with the funnel. But it's wrong in several ways. All marketing should influence a decision. This is not a simple analogy. This is the most important analogy that we can use to understand marketing because it forces us to think about marketing as a process by which we influence decision. It does not matter if you have a viral download that has 5 million downloads itself if that doesn't influence the decision of those who do the download. It does not matter if you have the most amazing commercial or the headline that commands attention. Until attention is converted into interest, it's of little value to you. All marketing should influence a decision. But that's the easy part. Here's the worst part. The funnel is just up, messed up. Gravity's not working for you. Gravity's working against you. People are not falling in your funnel. People are falling out of your funnel. And before you sort of start to try to represent in your mind what's really going on in the marketplace, you have to invert that funnel. You have to realize that everything's conspiring to drag people out. The organic resistance in the marketplace, noise, competitive messaging, distraction, confusion, all of those elements are dragging people out of your funnel as you sit here. And it leads to a, a third piece. People aren't coming up the center. They're actually climbing up the sides of your funnel in different paths. Every prospect type represents a different path on your site. Every product type represents a different path on your site. And you've got to discern what those paths are. I feel sorry for you, uh, ING guys. You've seen this way too often. Feel free to go to sleep, okay? They're, they're traveling up the sides, and as they travel up the sides... They're doing so in a series of micro-yeses that lead to a macro-yes. We are so, so too focused on that big yes at the top, not understanding that we've got to get every single tiny micro-yes in order and right. And if you're in marketing, your job is to understand that thought sequence, those micro-yeses that lead to the macro-yes. You've got to start by mapping them. I wouldn't even think about web design as web design. I'd think about it as, as, a, as a thought map. Your website should be the embodiment of a thought map that maps the micro-yeses to the ultimate macro-yes and then determines how best to portray that in web form. And so, before you ever start a redesign, you've got to map this 
and you see that one series of micro yeses going up, there'll be another on the other side going up for, say, a different prospect type. And as you discern, you might have three paths, you might have 300 paths. Hopefully, you have five, six, seven, enough you can get your brain wrapped around easily. But in big companies, there are many. The bottom line is, understanding way back in the search engine, for instance, the micro yeses, there's not just one on a paid search ad. There'll be three to five micro yeses on the ad. And the goal of the ad is not to sell your product. The goal of the ad is to sell a click. And the competitor in the search engine is not your company's competitor. It's the other ads. And the ad has its own value proposition. And you have to discern that. Could I get a Kleenex from my staff? You have to discern that so that you can get them to the landing page. And once they get on the landing page, there are probably 20 micro yeses, at least seven to ten that you have to move them through. And if you don't move them through those chain of micro yeses, if you get a single no, you lose them. This is why the overall conversion percentage is so tragically low when you look at most companies. Stephen, could I get a Kleenex? They got one? All right. Here's the, here's, it goes on, even if there's lead capture and nurturing or inside sales, there's a series of micro yeses. Once you start to think about this, marketer, our job is to understand Thank you. This is Ed. I appreciate that. Our job is to understand how to get people to say yes. Now, I'm going to say something very important. Later, when I talk about value proposition, this will make more sense. The real job, the job that brings honor to your profession is understanding how to get the right people to say yes. The problem with marketing is either we don't have a value proposition and so we're surviving on pockets of ignorance People choose us only because they haven't discovered there's a better solution. That's a bad way to live. Or we, we are talking to the wrong person because we're talking to everyone. And we're hammering them all with the same message. And we, we can't help the right person find the right solution because we're trying to say too much to too many. When you start to talk to the right person and you give them the right message, one of the greatest services you can perform is marketing. You'll help people find what they truly need. And it's embedded in understanding those micro yeses. That's our business. And it gets more complex because you've literally got to go at each one of these yeses and determine whether or not you have what you need there to get them over the transition. We'll talk about that, but let's keep going. Again, that was Dr. Flint McLaughlin from Optimization Summit 2012, which we had just two weeks ago. And so if you were there, it's a nice review. And if you weren't, you got to get a little bit of a taste of what went down there. So I've got with me now Adam Lapp and John Powell. Adam was at that Quicklin Clinic. And in just a few moments, we're going to get to some of the homepage you submitted. We've got, saw John Tackett when he was pulling these homepages and Adam too. They're hunched over their computer. We've got a great mix of B2B pages, consumer pages, big companies, small companies. We're even going to talk about some of the inbound keywords and AdWords that they're using. Um, but first, so let's, let's tie into that inverted funnel. So if we're trying to push more, or we're trying to push potential customers up that inverted funnel, one way we have to do that is to shift our homepage approach, make it more of a di directory approach, or even as we've called it, a channel. So, John, why don't we go back to that case study for just a moment to show right. a positive example of how you did that. Right. So, I mean, if you take a look there, I mean, we're really, there's really no opportunity to connect for certain prospect types when you look at that page. If you go, you know, back to the treatment, um, actually to the next slide for me, Oh, I'm sorry. What we've got there is, is simply we're giving more, uh, what can I say, focus. We're giving more focus to the things that matter. 
And the way in which we did it is we actually um, had a three-column layout so um, that visitors could easily just quickly browse through the different kind of options that would appeal to them but that would connect with them, and then they could go into the detail of that if they so cho uh, chose to. Okay. Yeah, so when we uh, look at this page, um, it's right in line with a question we just received from Suzette. She said, so you said that the page should be equally weighted because you are trying to capture a greater number of customer types then, right? That's the exact quote from Suzette. Um, and if I look at that page, it, it does look very equally weighted. What, what are your thoughts about that, Adam? Absolutely. So it involves understanding your customer, and that's why you, you know, it's pivotal that you do um, data analysis, forensic analysis, customer profile analysis, everything that you can do to understand who's coming to your website, what their motivation is, and what are the size of the different segments. So there might be a hundred different segments that you could optimize for, but obviously you would only want to choose the top two or three. And so when we talk about equally weighted, there's different ways to to uh, think about how things are being equally weighted. One way is size, shape, color, and location. But if you think about in the minds of the user, um, although that these three call to actions are the same size, they have the same page real estate, uh, they're weighted differently in terms of the psychology of the user. So they look at the page, they see the three three different objectives, and they can easily fit themselves into one bucket. So the choice is not confusing in terms of the equally weighted, in terms of how we usually speak of equally weighted calls of action. Right. I mean, to, to kind of add to that, too, I mean, think about the movies that you guys watch. Um, you could be watching a movie that could be about a lot of things, but you're going to focus on the thing that you connect with. Um, there's got to be something in it that you connect with, um, a character maybe that's empathetic, whatnot, but you're going to connect with that thing and that's what you're going to remember. So in the same psychological sense, that's what we're talking about, even though there's a lot going on. I think, John, you've used an analogy before. I, I'm not a big Twilight fan, so I remember exactly, I think, was it a Team Jacob and Team... Right, the yeah, the, yeah the, the vampire team and, and the wolf team and, and, right, and there's probably Team Bella out there too. <laughs> So, but it's it's the same thing, right? You know, uh, they took a big risk and it paid off because they were able to uh, identify those groups and intensify their need and desire to buy apparel. And and, and another easy example too is we have a, a research partner that you know sells mortgages, and uh, in our email sends we have two equally weighted buttons, same size, color. Uh, and everything, and, but one says refinance and one says uh, new mortgages. And so if, you're, if you get that email, you know exactly who you are, so there's no big decision or confusion point there. So let's get to one more question about this case study, and we'll dive into some of the, the live ops. Uh, Sandra asked, how does this website measure conversion rate? I think, I think it was um, questions asked or leads that they were... It was, it, total, it was the total leads. So we were collecting the same exact amount of information on every single person that hit, well, a button, a submit button. Um, and uh, it's just what that submit button or that call to action button was associated with was slightly different. And so what we've done in the back end is we've assigned values to each of those because we're, we know inherently that the value of each of those leads are going to be different because there might be different points of the buying customer buy process. But we've made those notes, um, but we've collected the same amount of information. So conversion rate includes everybody. At different magnitudes of motivation. So right. one may be ready to you know, get treatment today. Right. One you know, may be, look, be looking for treatment for a more longer-term situation. Right. It's, so. it's the idea of I'm not just looking for low-hanging fruit. I'm looking to build a cherry tree that I can yeah. pick from later on. 
All right, well, with that, we're going to jump into live optimization. So if you've never been on live optimization before, just a word of caution, okay? It can get a little hairy. It can get a little dicey. We don't mean to be negative in any way. We know that all these pages put together, markers put hard work into, and they many times can't control every element, so there are certainly reasons for that. But really, the only reason we can help is, is to give that just harsh look in the mirror and point out the flaws. If Hopefully, we can all agree on this call that, that we're okay with that, and we'll move forward and see what you guys have. So the first uh, uh, live optimization here is from American Sentinel. Um, and the primary audience is adult learners age 30 to 55 who are considering going back to school to finish their bachelor's degree in technology or business or to further their education. So uh, Luke, maybe you can pull up that homepage for the audience to see. And um, want to tell us what you thought about this page, Adam? Absolutely. So the first thing that I see when I arrive on this page is there's, there's nobody to greet me. Right. If, right. You know, think about it in terms of an actual college that you're going to for a first time. Uh, you want to walk into that guidance counselor office and have somebody shake your hand. How are you? Welcome to American Sentinel. In this case, I have a right aligned, which has difficulty, um, question type headline that doesn't provide me a lot of value or reasons to keep reading. Uh, so the first thing I'd, you know, help or uh, first thing I do is. You know, have a better headline that at least tells me what I can do on the site or why I should be here. What makes American Sentinel different instead of posing kind of a weird, awkward question as the first handshake, that first impression that you're going to give me. Um, so the next thing is I just have no idea what I'm supposed to do here. Am I supposed to click on a link near the bottom section? Am I supposed to start browsing for classes at this point? You know, this is another website that could be very similar to uh, the case study we, that we just looked at in terms of right. there's going to be people who are ready to enroll today, right. ready to apply today, right. people who know exactly what their major is so they can look at course descriptions today, mm -hmm. but there's also going to be what I would guess a large portion of your, of your visitors who are not at that point. And so for those people, you know, you need to have a direct kind of eye path, a direct thought sequence that says, hey, if you're new here, we suggest doing this, this, and this, and in that order, and using the elements of the page to guide that thought sequence. You know, today, you're really letting the visitor try to decide and interpret for themselves where they should go. That's our job. It's not their job. Our job is to guide them. Right. I mean, one of the, I mean think about it, too. I mean, think about uh, people who are looking to go to school. Uh, they're probably concerned about financial aid, I mean, especially with tuition costs. And that could be their primary thing that they're looking for. Um, so having a place on the page that attracts them to that, or maybe a count tuition calculator, something that would connect with them on that particular level, you could test a very number, various number of things that could help, or just helping make sense of what the you know it says healthcare programs, business programs. I know what that is. Just helping me get it right away. Um, you know. Find, look, browse our courses, you know, browse our programs, browse our degree programs. And you could probably split your segments here into two very distinct ones, so prospective right. students and current students. Right. And for this page, I would focus much of the attention on this perspective. Right. I mean, for those current students, there's different ways of getting in touch with them, getting them to re-sign up for classes on the next semester, whereas, you know, prospective students, this may be your only shot. Right. Um, 
So I'd focus, like John said, on find some one objective that appeals to a lot of new prospective students, whether it's a calculator or a you know, school tour, virtual tour, right, or something yeah. like that. Focus your real estate on that. Uh, and then the final thing I'd say about this uh, homepage is involves process level value proposition. So if you look at their lead form on this page, you know, it's just want more information, choose a program, fill out your name, and we'll contact you. So this almost seems like it could be sort of a B2B feel where they know there's going to be some kind of salesman calling them to, to get them to enroll. You know, I'd, I'd optimize that form field section to give them a little bit of a value uh, for that cost of inputting my information. So what am I, I going to get in terms of the more information? What does that more information mean? PDF, talk to somebody. Um, you know, a video guided tour, um, or is somebody going to walk me through the different courses and objectives? You know, tell me what I'm going to get with, with that more information um, and just add a little bit more value to what that click is. I'll tell you one thing I like with this page. We often see uh, homepages that have a, a flash banner or some sort of slideshow, and it really interrupts the messaging because the messaging keeps putting mm -hmm. on to something else. And so you can't really draw people in in that sense. What I really like here is they have, even if the headline might be able to be optimized, they have, the headline stays the same. You get the messaging, but they're cycling between what I guess are different you know, possible personas and different um, prospective students like the, the military personnel. So that might be one thing to, to think about because we definitely can ask about And it's very intuitive on. because there's no you know, one, two, three that you feel like you've missed something that you have to scroll back to. They know it's just uh, different people. You know, scrolling through. So, so you got a question, uh, Adam. What do you think about the location and size of the social network buttons on there? <laughs> you know, to be honest, I didn't notice them at all. Right. Um, you know, because the location is sort of de-emphasized. It's the top right. Um, you know, people usually experience a website from top left to bottom left in that kind of order. And so the first thing I see is the, the logo, the headline, and then the get started links, and then the contact form. And really, the, the search bar, if that's important to people, which you may have to reconsider in your test design, if the search bar is important or social media icons are important, those are in a bad location for me to find. Um, so, I mean, I think the size and location is, is fine if you're not trying to get people to view them or, or click on them. But if, if that is a goal of yours, I'd emphasize social media more in the iPath, so more in that kind of left uh, going, moving down kind of uh, direction. Well, as you were talking about with the process level value proposition, uh, it just seems stuff, and I see marketers do this all the time, it's just slapped on the page. Sure. What is really the value of following them on Twitter or on Facebook? Right. If, if it is important, you know, just a simple line like, uh, you know, education updates or, sure. or right. maybe be the first to hear about our latest courses. Same thing for the newsletter subscription. Don't just say subscribe to our newsletter and yeah. don't say what you're going to get. Tell me what I'm going to get on Facebook, special right. deals, updates, that kind of thing. Right. All right. Let's jump to our uh, our next homepage. While we do, I just want to call something out. John, I think you made history on this web clinic because I see Melissa Henley tweeted, this is the only time I've heard web personas compared to Team Edward and Team Jacob. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for that tweet on hashtag web clinic, Melissa. And, and there you go. You've made yeah. history, John. So awesome. Great. <laughs> with, with that, let's, let's take a look at this next page. Uh, it was submitted by Amir. Thank you, Amir. The primary audience is anyone responsible or accountable for improving their organization's innovation processes and practices. The obje primary objective is to drive traffic to the SG Navigator product, the seminars lineup, and the various consulting services and publication offerings. And the primary traffic sources are SEO, 
Uh, some of the keywords are stage gate process, stage gate, stage gate model, innovation best practices, and innovation. So what, what are your thoughts, John? Well, I don't even know what stage gate is. Um, that, that's my first thing. Uh, when I look at it, I really don't get what it is. Uh, I, I have to look. I have to think. Uh, it's too late for me to think in the day. Uh, seriously, it's uh, you. You guys. It appears that you that the site, the whole company is is focused on helping people in their new product innovating process. Why don't, why can't you just say that, uh, or say it in a way that I get it right away? That's the first thing that's missing. I can't really connect with where I'm at. Um, and that has an effect on what I think that I can do here, right? So let's just imagine for a moment, though, that you get that right, um, that you, it makes a lot of sense. Um, this, we, we help you do it faster. We help you do it smarter. We help you do it more efficiently, okay? Then what are the kind of things that will attract me deeper into the site or actually to connect with you? Okay, so I'm seeing a couple attempts here on the right, and I think those are webinars, and you know what, that could be an effective way, but is this the most effective way to do it? Probably not. It's, it's difficult to read. You've got the 75% sold out trying to bring attention to it, but I can't tell that, that that's what that is until I think about it. Um, subscribe for complimentary resources. Is, is that like a continental breakfast? or I mean, what is that? Um, I really don't know what that is. Tell me what it is. Adam mentioned that. It was uh, just on the last one. Take a look on the left. Let's take a look at the two guys. You know what? Maybe they are important. Maybe I've actually run tests where we've put people as heroes on the front and it actually increased, you know, conversions. Well, who are they? Why are they so important? Are they known in the industry if they are? How can we do a better job of using them to connect with the audience? Again, we're just trying to connect with them and drive them up the funnel. So... It's an, I see some attempts here, but the way in which they're being done is is making it so I can't see anything. I guess I'm kind of bl it's almost like banner blindness in in a sense. Yeah, it looks like uh, on hashtag web clinic on Twitter, 360 Interactive said, "I don't understand anything that is being said." Innovation process. I think I think he's agreeing with you. What were your thoughts on it? Well, I was just going to add uh, on a side note. We talked about multiple equally weighted objectives and how you know in some places they work well because of the different types of users, personas, different psychology. This is a great example of how multiple equally weighted objectives does not work. You know, if you look at the, the book that they're trying to push here, the new innovative process, they have a buy now and a more. Well, I mean, you've just told me five words about this book. How many people are really going to decide to buy now? Most people are going to want to go to the more button. So multiple equally weighted objectives. And then the subscribe for resources. So it says subscribe and then the articles. Well, I want the articles, but you told me to subscribe. So there's a lot of you know different um, you know confusing elements of the page that I think if you go to less is more approach, simplifying objectives, be clear about what product you're talking about um, and, and who you are as a company, I think it, it'll be much more effective. Yeah, one thing that I would recommend is, is grouping your commitment levels together. So right now you've got a low commitment level kind of calls to action, um, you know, and group those together, that could help. If you've got a higher commitment or you need to submit a lead form or something, put that together. But right, I think what I'm seeing, what Adam's talking about is a lot of those same lower commitment things are all kind of blending over each other and I'm not sure which one is right for me and that's where it's causing me to stop. Whereas if it was very clear the commitment level needed to, to go forward or even to get engaged, um, if it was very clear what each one of those were, I could at least identify with that. 
So that might be one way that you could test to help at least get people to the next step, whereas right now it's all kind of overlapping. Well, George N. on uh, Twitter, hashtag WebClinic agrees with you both. I keep staring, but I have no idea what this company does, consulting or something, I guess. So again, Stage 8, we're not trying to be harsh, but hopefully this is helpful. Um, I, I'm going to be the Paula Abdul. I want to I be the one that always says something positive in this panel. So uh, one thing I noticed that I thought, um, they, they actually are a little exclusive. They have a little bit of exclusivity there with the Stargate innovation process. There, there's a circle R, and they have something on the call to action button, too, where it seems like there's some exclusivity there where most of us and many of the visitors might not know what, what it is, but there, there is, uh, and there are primary traffic sources, some branded keywords, such as the StageGate process, StageGate, StageGate model. So for that, I don't know how, as, as you said, Adam, you have to determine how big of traffic that is to your site. So if that's a very small amount to their site, they should, even if it's not, they should do a better job of explaining that, you know, seems like process that only they have. And if it's a small sure. amount, they, they should really... And and you see from the uh, keywords people are using it it's it is StageGate so there is some um, you know knowledge about what the product or process is. Right. However, you can't make assumptions that people know exactly what it is and why why they need it. Uh, for instance, somebody could have heard it heard of the name StageGate from a friend or colleague, but they know nothing about it. So you still have to sell that click rather than just look at the keywords and think, oh, they're branded. I don't need to do much. Right. So. Before we move on, my favorite comment from Christy, and thank you. She said, uh, I think she was talking about the picture of the two, two gentlemen there. You're talking about John. So they look like dentists. And yeah. They, I guess they kind Get of my teeth cleaned. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on to, uh, to the next live op. Let's see what we have next. Um, we have Market Lab Inc. Primary audience is medical professionals that work in a clinical laboratory environment, such as phlebotomists, microbiologists and pathologists. Uh, the primary objective is to sell products and email, get email newsletter signups, and the primary source of traffic are direct mail, catalogs, and SEO terms like clinical lab supplies, lab organization, and phlebotomy. So, Adam, I saw you at the latest company, Blood Drive. You must know a lot about this. You wanna exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, again, I mean, the, fir the first thing you'll see is uh, the main reason why you should, you know, stay on this site or the or, you know, why this company, you know, is a legitimate place to, to buy products is located in the header. It's it's unique, hard-to-find products for the healthcare professional. Unless you read that header or you know exactly wh who the company is before you arrive here, you're going to miss that value proposition. So, you know, wh when people are searching, when people are buying online, they are probably looking at other websites before they look at yours. Right. They're probably looking at link one, link two, and then yours is link three or four, and then they're on to link five and link six. So they're doing a lot of window shopping. So unless your page is sticky enough to grab them and keep them there, then they're going to leave and go to the next person. And, you know, unique and hard to find is, is something that may, have to, may get them to stick, but it's located in the header. And all the other images and links and everything are going to cause people to have that banner blindness, to skip over that header, miss the value proposition, and go directly to what I would call is the process level value proposition without, without even knowing who the company is. Well, something that surprised me about that header, too, it talks about being for the healthcare professional, right? Yeah. There's very little credibility indicators here. There's a little Komodo seal on the bottom, but I would think if, if you're buying something for a healthcare professional in that field, I mean, you would want to know what you're getting is sterilized or whatever else it has to go through and there'd be some sort of certification or something for that. Yet, I mean, from this page, you know, like the famous saying, it could be two dogs and a 
in a garage in uh, Bangladesh or something that are putting this page together. You have no idea where it's coming from. So as not being a healthcare professional, I hope my healthcare professionals are buying their supplies from some sort of certified place where sure. you know, it's sterilized and not from a back alley in Tijuana. So, so, so a positive what this website does is, you know, this is the type of you know, e-commerce type website with thousands of products probably. Right. So the positive is they do have a very easy to find, easy to see, sorted left column where right. I can look at that left column. Uh, first, I can see a list of best sellers. I can see general types of products from furniture to education to labware. Or I can see what type of product where it's chemistry and blood bank. So they are doing a good job of you know putting those, those categories and links and future destinations that I might want to go to on the page. One of the things that, that you could do to turn that into a test idea is you could do the top categories and list them out in the same way that you have there on the page as a way to track people in. Also, you could do a top 10, top 20 products. Those seem to work um, really well and to attract people deeper into the site, at least uh, just plainly on curiosity. People want to see what people are buying. One thing I would be careful of is in the header, I mean, it's very clear that you've got a lot of discounts, a lot of carrot and stick, and that's going to work, but people are going to have build an expectation with that. So going along with Adam's first comment about the unique hard to find uh, kind of focus, it might, uh, you know, you might, you, right now it seems like you're really leading with that. That could really hurt you in the long term. You might want to test balancing that against something that's more of a long term um, you know, yeah. buyer loyalty kind of building message. Yeah, so that's the whole, you know, test value proposition before you test intensive approach. Right. You want people to land on your page and buy from you because you have good value, not because you're offering a huge discount, unless the huge discount is the only way to differentiate yourself. So definitely right. I would test, as John was saying, a more long-term value approach than just a quick incentive approach. Um, and maybe a few final things to uh, give you test ideas um, you know, the featured products, so those are going to work if those are the exact products that I happen to be looking for right. when I arrive on the website. So maybe consider, um, you know, leading off with your top three categories, especially if you look at your data and you see that, hey, you know, 75% of people are clicking on safety, labware, and education. Then, you know, emphasize those in the center column, even though they're still on the left side. Right. You emphasize them with uh, size, shape, location you might get somebody to that second click a lot faster. And so you're optimizing for your larger audience rather than your smaller audience. Well, so uh, we got a great question from Dennis Hillen talking about value, like you said. And looking at many of the home pages that we had to optimize today, I would say uh, lack of a clear value proposition was a common, common error I noticed. Uh, Dennis Hill asks, so where's the best place to put the value prop on a website? I, I think it depends. And it yeah. depends how much value you need, you need to communicate as well. Right. I mean... Uh, as often as possible, you certainly would, you know, at least want to have a headline, you know, for your website, uh, and then past that headline, whether it's, uh, you know, two-line intro paragraph or bullet points or more copy, that depends on the product and the nature of your customer. Right. Um, you know, a lot of times I see if if you have a rotating banner. A lot of times that first rotation is a great place to put your value proposition. So you know, it's the biggest first thing I see on the page. At least I see the most important part of the company rather than a promotion or a special product they're pushing. Um, but would that be the best? I would think having the value prop in a rotating banner would not be the best case scenario. Do you think that's one of a... It, it depends. It, it could be in place of a rotating banner, right. part one of a rotating banner. Right. It could be, you know, 
you know, sometimes all you need is to get people to the next page. So you might just have one, two, three category, and maybe underneath those category boxes, you, you know, for people who do want to read more, who aren't sure yet, then you might have the value proposition underneath those. So it all depends on your audience, you know, what's important to them, you know, what is the customer buying process, do they need to be sold, or do they, are they just looking for a product to buy? And if they are needed to be sold, you know, what's the magnitude of that, um, you know, kind of uh, back and forth? Right. It, it, that's a good point, Adam, that you mentioned that because oftentimes we think clarity as being as specific as possible, as much as possible, and sometimes we can talk ourselves right out of the click, right out of the sale. Yeah. Um, so finding the right place to put it, the right amount, and in the right way so they just get it, um, that's that's the key, and, and, and too often it takes a couple of tests just to figure that out. Yeah, and I will say value proposition is one of those things that we always say it's one of the more difficult things to test with. You know, friction, anxiety, we can point out, boom, 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 that's difficult, that's confusing, change this, change this, remove fields, that's an easy test, right? right? But when you're trying to come up with the right value proposition and the right amount, that might take you know, a whole you know, six-month test plan. Great. All right, let's take a look at the next page to optimize. Uh, this is salescrunch.com. The primary audience is people working in sales. The primary objective is to get people interested in buying the product. The primary so sources of traffic are online meeting pl platform <coughs> and our blogs. I assume they mean their online meeting platform. So, John, what do you think about this page? Oh, goodness. Well, we, we know they like design because the, the design is, you know, the design leaves an impression on you. But let's talk about the effectiveness. Um, Really, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by next generation online meeting platform. Is this ready talk on drugs? <laughs> um, is this like go to meeting like pumped up? I mean, what is it? Um, and that's the first thing that, you know, applying science to the art of selling, introducing. And then if you look at that little line, one platform, wait, 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 no, uh, one platform optimized for sales that enables you to. Okay, now we're starting to get somewhere, but look how small it is. Yeah, I think, John, it's actually the matrix. You plug in. Oh, I see. Without, oh, okay. Well, that, that's... That, I thought that's the Twilight cool. analogy was better. If it's the next generation, isn't that where Bella and whoever... Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's for vampires. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, that's the thing. It's the, the obvious is missing. I mean, and that's why I show my wife my web pages. It's like, am I trying too hard? Uh, now, I will say this. You know, one thing that you guys do well is you, you, you try not to overwhelm the visitor with too much. The one thing I will say, though, is I, I, would, I would encourage you to test some different ways to get started or engage. Learn more. They're probably going to click on that, but try it free. I mean, try it free is a lot of work, uh, especially for an online meeting platform. Oh, wait, I've got to think of somebody I can try to meet with. Uh, does that make sense? I'm, I know we've done some testing where we've tested free trial against demo, and the product demo actually beat it. Um, so maybe they want to demo and see, because if it really is so cool, maybe the value is in just seeing how cool it is. Get them into the demo. And, you know, uh, some other things that you might want to uh, do is maybe if there are meetings going on live that people are actually using it, maybe you can join in and see how it's being used. Um, again, different ways. I think the value is probably going to be fully realized and actually seeing it work. And right now there's not a lot of that. It's just... Here, try it free. And actually, when you let's just click on try it free. Where, where does it take us? I'm just curious. Um, so we click on it. Oh, business, $25 a month. The free is all on the left side there. And so I all, I'm, I'm like, man, they they got me. Um, so I'm Made just going to switch. I know. I'm just going to hit the back button. 
So it, it's like, and now I'm, yeah, I'm even hesitant of the, of the free aspect of it. So, but if you give me an online demo, lower commitment, I can actually see the coolness of it. I'm, I kind of get the impression that it's going to be cool by the design, but you leave, you, you leave it, you know, you leave them hanging. Yeah, and I, I was just say that the demo idea, you know, that's, that is something that we've seen work depending on the product type, right? right. So if it's a complex product, you know, we're, we're, you know, getting a, you know, a, you know, CRM, you know, we're putting all of our clients, all of our customers, all of our, our employees in this thing, and it takes a lot of setup and a lot of work, maybe free trial doesn't work because, you know, it takes me three months to get it up and going, and then I might cancel my free trial, and it just wasted a lot of time. Whereas a demo, I get to really analyze, will this work for me, think about it, and then make a decision. So there's a lot of different, you have to think about those types of uh, approaches when you're dealing with a software platform. And think about your audience, too. This is sales. I mean, every time I talk to sales, they never have enough time or, you know, they you know they feel like their time is being wasted on the wrong leads. So, I mean, what time do they have to play with this? Uh, that's, I mean, that's one thing. And imagine the one other thing that's missing is, again, back to that message. What is it that's so, that makes you guys so special? I mean, is it the fact that we believe that sales should have every tool, every, you know, we feel like every salesman should feel like Batman. Okay, you know, Batman has all the gadgets. Okay, well, we have all the gadgets like that. I mean, I know that's stupid, but, I mean, that's the concept that I'm trying to, that I think might connect and get their interest enough for them to take a next step. Yeah, and, and next generation is one of those words that it sounds like uh, it's just made up to make yourself feel different. So, right. you know, I'm I'm a literature major, and there's postmodern, there's post postmodern, <laughs> then there's metamodern, and so it just feels like people are just making up these literary genres to make their work sound different. And that's the thing with next generation. You know, what do you mean by next generation? Tell me. Just don't say some some kind of uh, you know cliche word that might sound good. Right. As we get, we talk about try it free, as we talked about the value exchange in the beginning of this web clinic, even though something is free, it's not really free. So if, if that was really their push, maybe they should support that in a process level value proposition and show how easy it is to try it free. A quick right. Right. Yeah. or something like that. Yep. One, one minor thing I like, so I'm really into flash banners today, is uh, they have a flash banner, but it's really slow. And I haven't really seen this on many sites, where it's almost like, it's almost like they don't have the banner because they have that primary headline there. But then if you stick around long enough, it'll change. And you'll, you'll yeah, and, and to continue on the positive, you know, you know, although the banner can be improved and the messaging certainly can be improved, uh, one thing they do well is, and this is what I would always recommend with a rotating banner, is make the rotations connect to one another. Yeah. So if you have a product, you know, feature, product, feature, product, feature, product, feature, like they're doing here, as opposed to radically different subjects from rotation to rotation. So. All right, Luke, call up the questions and answers for us for a minute, if you would. And on Twitter, hashtag WebClick, we've got one question for you. We've got about 11 minutes left. Do you like the pace we're going now? We've been taking the home pages. We've been going in very deeply and giving you lots of info. Or do you want us to just take the rest of the home pages and boom, 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 hit you with three different, three different uh, ideas for each one? Just tell us, faster or slower? What would you prefer? Zach wants it faster. Boom, boom, boom. Says Bianca. Faster. faster. All right, let's go. Faster Adam, Adam let, let's, faster. Let's, let's jump to the next one. Luke, right. Don't even worry about calling up the home pages. Let's just stay in PowerPoint, and, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll just try to get some just quick hit ideas for each one of these pages. So... Moving on to the next page. As now that we want to go faster, we have a bit of a technology limitation, but let's go on to the next page. So Adam, this page, Xenos.com, it's for IT project managers. What, what are your three quick uh, recommendations for them? 
quick headline. Don't just tell me I'm on the store. Tell me what I can do on the store and what's valuable about your product. Number two, get people to where they need to go by customer need. You have a description of your store and then a, a section to the bottom of that that says, uh, description of your products, but I still don't know what the products exactly are, what pro problems they solve, and if either one of those problems relate to me. Um, and then the fourth thing is just have clear calls to action. Maybe even focus on you know, the product suite and all the different benefits and features of that product suite rather than uh, more general uh, products. Well, one, if you scroll up one thing just really quick, they have those logos there, UPS, AT&T, they, they don't say what they are. Exactly. <laughs> I assume they're customers. It's like a race car, just, you know. You, like just, logos, yeah. Yeah, you just pop it on and it works, right? All right, uh, let's, yeah. let's move on to the next one because Simon Poulton said, rest of the homepage is boom. So let's see if John can drop the boom. Luke, if you could just pull us back, right back into PowerPoint. You should probably just stay in PowerPoint. And let's uh, move on to the next one. This is CaribbeanHotels.com. Oh, this is very interesting. Uh, it, it comes through TripAdvisor. It's for U.S. residents looking for vacations. And the primary source is a TripAdvisor check rates campaign. So, yeah, quick thing. Number one, you're making people decide on where they, they think they want to go. And this is a trip. I don't know where I want to go in the Caribbean. I just want to go, I just want to go lay on a beach. Uh, the next thing, if you look at the tabs at the bottom, okay, now they're attempting to allow me to browse. Go back up. Um, and uh, yeah, Jamaica, Bahamas, but they're actually featuring specific hotels. So when I click on it, I'm deceived because I'm thinking I'm going to be browsing Jamaica and I'm really getting to one particular product page. Final thing, give me a map or give me some other way to engage because right now I either have to know where I want to go or I have to be interested in that specific hotel or destination. Why can't I just look at a map and start, you know, swimming around or something? I'll tell you one thing very briefly I liked about this site that was missing on almost every homepage we saw is they had some uniqueness to their value proposition. It's hard to see now, but if you look at that line under it says book the best, they said something like uh, we're only, we only have uh, hotels on here that were hand-selected as the best by TripAdvisor. So, I mean, that, there was a little bit of uniqueness to the value proposition and understanding of what value you're actually getting. So, that was a big benefit. All right, Adam, drop the boom. We have uh, operationalstrategies.com, and their primary audience is a C-suite, CEOs, CFOs, COs. These are busy people. So, number one, give me some more information. If you look at the banner, you look at the right column, you look at the top column, they're all repetitive information. So, you click on um, you know, authentic sustainability, and then you get an image of authentic sustainability. So, it doesn't give you more. So, immediately, I'm frustrated. So, you have no idea what you should do on this site. Um, you, know, you don't know what to click on, where to go. You know, if we talk about micro yeses, if I'm a business, nonprofit, or healthcare, the 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 content underneath those buttons are a little bit too persuasive, persuasive and marketing speak, and they don't really tell me why I should click here. Why, if I'm a nonprofit, why I should click here and learn more about nonprofit, uh, you know, solutions. You know, tell me why a nonprofit. Uh, companies should click on here and be clear about the benefits. Yeah, I don't need any market of marketing, uh, you know, hearsay. Uh, my favorite thing is they have follow us with Facebook and Twitter buttons, and their audience is CEOs, CFOs, and COOs. I, I'm really skeptical that a lot of CEOs and CFOs are going to follow you on Facebook or Twitter with absolutely yeah. no value there. And you say the primary goal is to click on uh, business, nonprofit, or healthcare, but that's at the bottom of the page. So I would move that up to the right. top, give them a headline. Maybe a sub call to action, you know, or a sub headline that says, you know, choose from one of our three, blah 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 blah, and then immediately they see one, two, three, 
the next choice is to click on one of those, make it logical and simple. All right. Let's move on to Utility Analytics Week. This is an event that uh, you're trying to educate the industry about this event. And one of their top keywords is Utility Analytics. So the, the thing that's missing, or it's really, really, really hard to see, is the overall why and appeal. I think it's in the top right. That's what the whole conference is about. Um, you know, if, especially if you were referred here to somebody that thought you might be interested, I'd like to know what this whole conference is about without having to read through all that text. And even if you like closely read that uh, intro text, it doesn't really tell you anything. Uh, the other thing that I'd like to recommend this um, is it's stuff that's buried within the navigation, I imagine. Um, things that people want. People want to know who the speakers are, probably. People are going to want to know, well, you got the register bright, so that's good. Um, maybe some of your vendors want to see an exhibitor map, okay, so that you could make some sales there, and maybe they want to view the tracks. All of these things are things that people are interested that attract them into wanting to know more about the event, not a long, boring paragraph that doesn't really take you anywhere. I think it does, but they're just little links. Also, they're not very clear where and when the event is. I mean, it's kind of very under the, the top header. Of the yeah, and events, you know, obviously this is a larger event, but that is some of the most important information is where, when, what time, cost, and speakers. And, you know, we ran a test where uh, there was an email that had a lot of information about the event, a lot of copy, um, you know, everything you could possibly know about the event. And then we tested it against a short, simple email that just said, Title, brief description, date, time, button, and that won by a large amount. So. All right. Well, speaking of events, Adam, I'm glad you brought up events because at the end of August, August 27th to 30th to be specific, is our next event. We talked about Optimization Summit. Uh, we just wrapped it two weeks ago. We'll be in Orlando, August 27th to 30th. So I told you the city and the date. B2B Summit 2012 for B2B marketers. We'll be helping you optimize the sales and marketing funnel. Uh, Dr. Flip McLaughlin will be speaking. Brian Carroll, our keynote, Sally Hogshead. It's a great event. Marketing put together. I just you have you have till June 30th to save $300 for that early bird special. And if you want to see a page that really needs some optimization for events, check out mechlabs.com/bbsummit. I'm sure that page needs some serious optimization still. We look forward to uh, hearing back from you guys about that. But let's jump on. We've got four more minutes. Adam dropped the boom on freshfinds.com. I think you might be a customer for this. Uh, yeah, exactly. A 30 to 50 year old woman, or yeah. So, exactly. quick things. Tell me what fresh means. I mean. Yeah, there's a lot of products here. They look like kitchen products. What? Why are you calling it fresh? Give me the value proposition behind that word. Uh, include a value proposition, proposition section near the top, so above the categories. Maybe use 50 to 100 pixels just to tell me where I am, what what the products are, why I should buy them. And then as you're dedicating a lot of real estate to the, the hero shot on the left with the, with the red apron. But I have, there's no call to action. There's no description of what that product is. Uh, tell me that this is a bestseller or this is on sale today. Give me a clear description of call to action, if you, especially if you're going to use that much real estate. Yeah, and uh, one last thing. There's really no unique value proposition here, which is so important for e-commerce. The barbarians at the gate, if you're a small e-commerce site, are Walmart, Price Grabber, anything that sells something cheaper than you do. So if I don't know why I should shop from you, I'm probably just going to buy it at the cheapest place, which is not that hard to find anymore. Yes, and consider testing different homepages for new and returning visitors. Right. This would be a great homepage to where, you know, if, if you're a returning visitor, you show them their last three things that they looked at are new since you left uh, our website, you know, new arrivals. If they're a new visitor, 
give them a 10% off coupon right away with your first purchase to get them in the door and get them excited about buying from you. That's a really interesting point because uh, we had a, had a test with a research partner where we have two home pages, one for referring sites and one for um, you know organic traffic and such because we actually found a difference in performance based on what we featured at the front um, mm -hmm. in terms of the value proposition and the focus of that. All right, so sorry, John. I'm going to jump ahead here in the two minutes we have remaining. We have an Adam Lop special coming up. Adam, yeah. this this is perfect. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about this page. Well, well I only wow. have one recommendation for this page is to dissolve your business altogether. <laughs> I'm not a fan of this product. I do not want... You don't want 28 to 44-year-old women to know the truth about what their uh, potential bows are doing? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> But uh, just some quick improvements that you can make. Actually, we were talking about a, a larger company type improvement you can make. Is this could be marketed to other audiences too? Parents, you know, yeah. for example, spying your kids, and not, uh, not just to uh, you know uh, young women that are you know stalking you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so again, this is a great example. Of the main objective of the page. Make it clear. Don't give me a random bunch of features and images and options to click from. Give me, you know, exactly what I should do here. So start a free trial, learn more, take the product tour. Instead of making me figure out where I should go, do the work for me instead of, uh, uh, you know, hoping that they click on the right place. Yeah, one final thing is, is even in the value, the way in which you're talking about it, you've got somebody like with their hand up to their ear. Why not actually show some like footage or like show a screenshot of somebody like in, you know, with the night vision or whatever and, and make it look like it's real or something that might um, take some of the fun, you know, because it kind of seems cheesy, but imagine bringing that almost truth to it, it'll, it'll, it might have an entirely different effect on them. And if we talk about the main objective of homepages to get them to the next or the right place, you know, showing the different product types on this page and the different product types on this page might be, uh, you know, the, the, the too early in the process. Maybe you get them to, a, you know, a page that says find the, you know, the right product for your needs first. So have that type of call to action on this home page rather than making them make a decision, make a selection based on costs and features you know, on the first page. I think they need two things. They need a credibility indicator, because one thing, my first question is, is this illegal? <laughs> so I think they need to show us it's illegal. And, and lastly, a case study. So if I saw a case study that says, I caught Adam Lapp doing whatever, like that, that would make me feel like it's more of a... Yeah, it reminds me of that commercial, you know, updated five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I caught Adam Lapp with my never, best friend. Never getting married. Right. <laughs> wow. That's all the time I have today, Luke. If you could jump ahead to the final slide. As with the home pages, we optimize everything we do. We try to optimize these web clinics too. So please take the survey that's going to pop up when you close out a go to webinar. Let us know if this is valuable to you, what we can do to prove, what topics you'd like to have covered. With that, I'd like to thank Adam Luck, John Powell for joining us, our entire staff here worked on this, and thank you for tuning in. If you'd like more information about optimization and testing, visit marketingexperiments.com.